Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. I know most uh, scientists from Africa, just in general, or from any other low or middle income setting, will be like, yeah, I'm happy I'm here, you know, which is probably the same mentality your PI is having. It's like you, you're just the brains behind the curtain, you know, and there is this someone who is sometimes junior, to you, but they have the proper <laughs> facial profile to present the results to the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And before long, you realize that you just become a technician. You know, they can arrange meetings between this new guy and the, 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 the leader, and then just instructions channeled back your way, you know. Uh, you can tell Frederick to do this or Frederick to do that. You can tell Sarah that we have talked and agreed that we should do this. I'm like, if you considered me to be an integral part of this uh, research group, why didn't you invite me to that meeting? Like, you're not part of the decisions or discussions that are made your yeah, tool. but but you're part of the, the not your part of you. You're the only person who can get the the, the meal going and grinding, you know, <laughs> to get whatever is required. So you're essential in terms of working, but you are not essential in terms of meeting the stakeholders and communicating. You find it. So that's something that I have observed in a few places and uh, lucky for me I know I know when it's time to move on you know choosing <laughs> yourself said, again yes and yeah that's that, that's something that it's normally to me it's a law and some people wouldn't consider that consider like yeah that, I'm okay yeah. Yeah, but then you, you, you have to choose your dignity at some point. And if somebody is offering you a job and taking your, your dignity and your self-worth, then I normally say just keep the job. I, I don't know if I quite understand uh, the whole... I think I understand a little bit, little bit of what you're saying. Let me let me elaborate this. Yeah. So you are in your project. How many times have you been lost trying to get things to work? I don't know. I don't know the number I lost count. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you spent two years getting lost and found, you know, a, a thousand times, and then when you 
finally find the way. Then you're told, hey Sarah, come here, meet Frederick. He will be joining this program now. And you know, you've known Frederick for the last two years. He's been doing his good stuff. Things are going in his publishing. And then when suddenly your your ups and downs become a highway that has direction, you know, it's it's now a good way. Then you're supposed to hand over your results to Frederick so that Frederick can go explain to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you know, to think of all the other stakeholders. So what would you consider that to be? And then now Frederick goes, has the meeting with your boss and has to come back and tell you, hey, look, Sarah, we had a meeting with the boss and we agreed that you should do this. And you're not two kilometers away from the office, you're, you're 10 meters. So that, that happens a lot, happens a lot to so many scientists, especially from Africa in the Western world, a lot. Like if you put a poll and I think I can challenge you to do this when you post your episodes, just ask how many people have been shortchanged when it comes to the, like the time when it matters, when it's your time to shine. To be recognized for your work and the yes. effort that you put, especially when, when you, you've been struggling to make it work, then it finally works, and you you like put under the bus. <laughs> when you are a scientist, when it's it's supposed to be prepared, when when you're trying to make it work, but when it starts working, you are a technician. Okay. It's not that it's not like we can't write an email or I can't sit in a Zoom meeting, and especially it's more more annoying when there is a meeting that went on with all the stakeholders, and then somebody presented your work and didn't use the word we. Mm-hmm. Then it I. becomes I, I, I. And then the next time you are in that meeting, you have to be like, I, I, I remember in this one particular meeting. I had to stop them and I'm like, well, what do you mean I? You, you don't even know how to do this thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, wow. but then you I... can only do this so many times before you become that person that is impossible to work with as opposed to someone who is actually taking a stand to just protect what they have been working on, you know. Yeah. Yes, so, so there is only so many times you can do this. You can't be stopping people and interrupting them every time. And especially in Australia, I can say like 100%. It's not a culture for some, uh, especially the locals here, to just outright say we. And even in classrooms, you will notice that you're given an assignment. You all give input and then somebody just intentionally leaves out your section or your input, they, they think oh, it's not intelligent enough or it's not sufficient to be included just for them to be told to put it back in because they're like, oh, you're missing this thing. And then I'm like, it's not missing because I handed that in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never thought about it or rather I've never encountered it, encountered it as much to think about it. But that's interesting to, to hear. I think it, it, it's, it's all about, I think, integrity. Um, I don't yeah, know. it uh, is. And I guess even in our own institutions that are, I, I get it, the international institutions that are based in Kenya, for example, I'm a hundred percent sure there are bosses who actually have have or had that mentality that Africans cannot be scientists. And so to compensate for that they go abroad, get scientists when you're still stuck there with your research assistant, you know, position they get scientists from France, get scientists from UK, get scientists from the US. Like it's it's kind of systematic, but it's worse when you find yourself that you are the minority and you are in that setting. That sounds like racism to me, though. Exactly. So normally we call it out, but you can call it out so many times. You know. Anyway, we can move on to the happy times. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, unless you have a question. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's talk about the. So, one of the happy times, it actually came during my low moments, so that after that scholarship thing was cancelled and then I. I have my passport, I put it under the pillow, I'm looking at that visa and I'm like, oh, this could have been me. But it wasn't. So I think the, the, the thing that caught me out of that misery, just that sobbing, is I had applied for another scholarship through the Dutch government. It was the Netherlands Fellowship uh, Program. So two weeks, I think it was exactly two weeks after this uh, first scholarship was just um, disposed of, you know. The other students have taken their flights and they are gone to various destinations. Um, I didn't check my email much during that time and then on this particular day I just woke up and then took my breakfast and I'm like, okay, it's time to get out of this. Let me just see what has been happening in my emails. <laughs> so I, I, I open these emails and for some reason the top email there is uh, just an offer waiting for me to accept. I'm like, mm. this has to be the worst prank. <laughs> Did you check if it was first April? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but I think that 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 was the thought of like, who, who's spreading all this BS? Who even believes in these things anymore? I went through interviews. Why? Why is somebody choosing to torture me today when I'm so happy? I want to read my emails, but then I'm like, okay, indulge me. So. I open and then I read. And then you know there is that uh, sense of like things start coming together. 
Mm. So I remember, yeah, I went to the Dutch embassy there, Riverside, whatever that, that road is called, up Chiromo, you know, mm. it's Riverside mm-hmm. Drive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went to the embassy there, we filled in some of these uh, fellowships and all that. Oh, this looks like that thing. And so I, I had gotten my admission to undertake my favorite program, which was bioinformatics. So the difference was this one I was just supposed to say I accept. <laughs> Wait, you had done interviews for this one before? Oh, yes. So I, I, I did uh, interview uh, two, two institutions, actually. That's mm-hmm. pre-admission. So they, you get to interview for the admission letter because you need the admission letter to apply for the fellowship. So I interviewed for Erasmus University Rotterdam and Wageningen University. So both of them are in the Netherlands. And mm. I didn't get the, the cut for the Erasmus program, but this was a medical bio, biotechnology, I think. I wasn't quite as enthusiastic about it. Mm. And the Dutch, the Wageningen the, the one was bioinformatics. So after these letters, then you... You collect some supporting documents and you fill up the fellowship documents at the embassy. At that point, we was you submit a physical right package at the embassy and then you fill up some other things online. Mm. Yeah. So the short, the long story short, I was admitted to this program and they were gonna pay for the flights and pay for the stipend which at that point I was like, boy, you're going to pay me that much for me to mm. study? Mm. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, get, get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, that was one of the best times like I had, you know, because it went from like being Zero in the to line and then somebody was like, yeah, I'm uplifted, I'm up there, you can't touch me. <laughs> Wait, when did it sink in that it was actually true? Uh, so for this particular one, uh, mm. I never told my parents. Mm. And I never told anybody. About I just, to apply. Uh, yeah, I just woke up and on reading this thing. Mm. I think they knew that I applied for a couple of scholarships. Mm. I think I applied to Kent, Kent University, the, the institutional program there. And I had applied to this government thingy with China, and I had applied to the Dutch government scholarships. Mm. And so th- they knew that I had applied. But when I got this uh, email mm. or letter, because it was just a letter, you're supposed to download it and sign it and send it back. And I was, I think, two days to the deadline or something. Mm. Yeah, otherwise, we assume that you did not accept, you know kind of situation and so I just signed that document mm. and I, I I went to the cyber like because we, we, we at that point we were leaving uh, a ratio so I just walked uh, out of the house to took one of those uh, taxis to Kangemi went mm. over the, the fly over there and went to a cyber filled in this document and then signed it and I'm like yeah send return to the sender mm. <laughs> and hope that it doesn't go to spam 
by the way what's the one of the other worries so let me just understand this so you finished your undergraduate when uh 2008 in april then tennis scholarship uh, that was that immediately day? it was it was uh, the, by the time it was uh, <coughs> just i was being told you can't go <coughs> sorry what <coughs> Oh, poor Sarah. Mm? You, you've been laughing at me so much that you held it and now. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Are you good now? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> What? I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> It's not good to be single. Anyway. <laughs> I don't like you. Anyway, so, uh, where were we? <laughs> before, before you rudely <laughs> interrupted. Um, the, you, <laughs> oh my God. So yes, I I I got this uh, email and I'm supposed to fill in the documentation yeah, and yeah, send it yeah. back. Yeah. So I did that and then while I was there I also went back to the website and then just I downloaded <coughs> some of the their information packages and all that. And I guess that was the most straightforward because once you have because I think it works in a, a reverse way you don't find funding before you go to admission mm-hmm. kind of find admission, admission and then you seek funding and then the government asks your institution if they are gonna uh, like sponsor you for like not sponsor you recommend you for funding so that mm-hmm. you can go to that program And so by the time they are done with this I think it's like a full circle so it's a it's a whole cycle and it's it's normally kind of down um, like it's a nice smooth ride from the time you receive this letter to the completing uh, like taking a flight and all that and so uh, when I yeah. signed all this and sent mm-hmm. it back to them and you know I was like I didn't know what what happens next and then the next time I, i i saw another email from this now it had moved from uh just a general email to actually the course coordinator for bioinformatics at Wageningen and now it was more personalized now and you you get to interact with just one person and yeah so he took me through the the process and then they send your your visa package you're supposed to go and apply by yourself at the embassy but it's not really like you 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 basically gonna be denied a visa mm, as i said sure. it's, it's one of the smooth uh, programs from like the moment you have that offer to the mm. end it's it's kind of small mm. and so yeah i went through the process without telling anybody And even mm. when I was going to do all this documentation and certify these, get me 
get me uh, like uh, a birth certificate and there is this thing they do with the Dutch uh, government that they want a birth certificate to be not older than six months so I had to go back to where I got my initial birth certificate in Kisi and change that and renew get a new one and then get it to the embassy now it goes through the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for I think they put the seal of the government there and some letter on top of it and you take it to the embassy so all this documentation you know that it needs money but I asked for money when I didn't have from my parents but I never told them I told them please just give me the money don't ask why <laughs> wow interesting <laughs> you just believe that you're not doing doing something fishy yeah that, that they believe that I wasn't gonna smoke weed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I processed the whole thing and I actually told them when I, I got my visa and then I waited a little longer for the tickets to go through. Mm-hmm. The, the, like Because I think we, we were paying the ticket and then you get reimbursed the day you land there. Mm-hmm. I think they were preventing like this whole scenario whereby they pay for your, di- your ticket and you don't show up. Yeah, you get the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, money because goes because they pay, and the money just—it's a loss for them. So they kind of made it that you just have to pay for the ticket. So at that point, I think I just then told my parents that I, I think this thing is uh, legit. I don't know, but we just have to book this ticket. <laughs> what did? <laughs> okay, so what did they say after realizing that you've been going through all this process without their knowledge? Then. Um, they understood because I had them excited uh, the first, the first time, time. I, I I was so disappointed they could see it in me mm-hmm. like you know it's like losing your first love yeah. they could see it so they didn't <coughs> really they, they were not hard on me and I appreciate it okay um, yeah I was asking before the cough I was asking mm-hmm. uh <laughs> You finished in 2008, right? April. Yes. Yeah. Then um, this Chinese scholarship. Uh, when you, when did it happen? That that you asked that question. Uh, so I, I I really can't put the exact dates unless I go. No, no, not okay. Around. I mean, I, I think it was around July. Yeah, July, August ish. So, and when did the Dutch happen? August? It was two weeks, two weeks, exactly two weeks after the, 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 this disappointment. As I said, I was still sobbing. I was in my, in my parents' house at that time, all disappointed. You know, I had moved back in because I, I never lived with them when I was in college. And immediately mm. after, when I started working, I, I kind of lived by myself, you know. Mm. And now I had said my goodbyes, I put all the things back to their storage. So I still was just there. <laughs> Wait, so you got your first job immediately after finishing or before finishing? Before finishing. The National Pathology. Nairobi Pathology. I, I, I knew this guy who was running this uh, pathology clinic and uh, lab at a few center when we were still at KU so I, I kind of was taking my time there 
and when I finished I just started working with them full time so here you are you've moved you've gone to how is it transitioning from Kenya to Dutch uh, to the Netherlands Netherlands yes to Dutch <laughs> yeah Dutch is the language Netherlands is the country Holland is the province <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because some people say Holland, but the Holland is just two provinces, North and South Holland. And if you know anything about the Netherlands and mm. any famous thing that exists, you put it in the two Hollands, most likely. If it's Efteling or The Hague, you know, Amsterdam, Rotterdam. You, you place them in the two Holland provinces, north, north and south. So. Okay. But some people say I'm going to Holland, but that's uh, wrong. And I think even their country website is holland.com or whatever. Mm. But the country is the Netherlands. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so adapting. Uh, first, there is the winter thing, you know, you just land and the most programs you're starting in August, going to September, mm. and it's it's kind of tough, you know, you, you just landed and then before you finish your orientation, the fall season is here, the leaves are falling, and then before long, you have snow. Mm. <laughs> And nobody really prepares you for some of the <laughs> for some of the upsets. You have to cycle because it's a it's a it's a bicycle nation. You still have to cycle through all that blizzard. You know, you you you, you, you have to go through all those winds <laughs> and make it to class and back home. And I think the the whole setup of the campus it was kind of. Because we, we, we had about, I think, up to five or six kilometers apart between one department to the main campus. Mm. So you can have your classes early in the morning, you know, uh, up close to the city center. And then you have to cycle back to the, where the main campus was. And for those who understand the, the, the Wageningen University setup, we're talking of the uh, the nutrition department. It's like up the hill, and then the main uh, campus where it's the, the setup. At, uh, I think I don't remember what that street was called, but it's quite a distance, you know. So there is a whole traffic of people. <laughs> yeah, have you seen a, a traffic jam of bicycles <laughs> down the know. hill? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, down the hill to the, that main campus, you know, and then it, there is snow and all that, you know, and you, you, nobody tells you that our jackets from home will probably not suffice. Mm-hmm. So, did you <laughs> yes. have to buy? Yes, you, you, you get to the... Uh, like, fortunately, the, the Kenyan community there was quite dynamic. And I got to meet some really interesting people there. I remember there was this uh, Kenyan lady. She She's married in, in the Netherlands with the family there. She's called Afranina. 
she was quite influential in like telling us what to do mm. when where what not to do and the the like the people like uh, dr martin mwangi i think is in malawi now mm. and so these are people who kind of took it upon themselves to to initiate us into the the, the, the space there mm. and show us the way mm. clearly so it, it was uh, in terms of starting i think it was it was comfortable Mm. like you you get your your accommodation and they will show you the second hand shop where you can get your utensils and mm. they also had this thing whereby they collect uh stuff from students who are leaving mm-hmm. so that they can uh, preserve them and just give them to the new students who are joining so so you okay. we, we did get quite a number of freebies mm. okay it's <laughs> a good thing yeah. But then, in terms of uh, just adjusting to the weather, even the the, the whole uh, curriculum, you know, nobody tells you that taking two courses in a period can be hectic. You know, we are used to eight courses in Kenya, but I would comfortably say that you take two, just two subjects in mm. a period and for them mm. the period is you know it's shorter than a semi-size like eight weeks so mm. remove one week for for the examinations and the other week mm. for self-study mm-hmm. and then there you have six weeks to fit in your uh, was it learning or whatever that that big book uh, was called chemistry. you kind of you kind of underestimate the, the the workload mm. two <laughs> just two two units was a yes, struggle per period because of the time it is a lot and you're doing the theory and the practical everything mm. within that period and it's it's a lot mm. so nobody prepares you for that but mm. it was a smooth uh, sailing mm. but the other thing is i think if you've never really failed in your life mm. i think then you get to be challenged by two two units, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Netherlands was the first place I failed an exam in my wow. life. Wow! How did that feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! How did that feel? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of you know, it's bittersweet. You know, mm. on one side, you know, you 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 have a chance to do better. So Aritech mm. is not like in in the Kenyan institution whereby the mm. ultimate result is just a pass. Mm. So you can receipt and perform better. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so... Anyway, so the second high, mm. it also came after another law because uh, I had gotten my, my first uh, job so the first job offer that I had was uh, in Switzerland with the Swiss Institute of Bioinformatics. After and master's, I didn't. After? Yeah, after no, after PhD now. Okay, after PhD. I uh, I didn't take this uh, this position mm-hmm. for because mm-hmm. we went to the end and at that point I was married, so I mm-hmm. went with my my wife, uh, mm-hmm. and we. we got uh, like to this institution but then 
looking outside this institution, I think that there was a sense of like that the people were not happy, you know, mm-hmm. all the, the the Africans you're meeting, right? It's like they have been rained on, you know, mm-hmm. and even just moving around uh, these places in Switzerland, you know, the expenses and everything. And I was like, uh, no, no, I can't do this. <laughs> so I was told, yeah, the job is yours if you want it. And I the, the airplane before we boarded and I just wrote my regret. Mm. The same and, day? Yes. And uh, when I'm just before boarding, I'm just ready to 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 go back because you go for you go through the online interviews and then now it's time for you to go visit the department and do your presentation. Mm. Uh, you you listen to other presentations and then you're now ready to go back to your home. So I've taken my flights from the Netherlands. I'm in Switzerland. We've gone through. You've seen the the, the happy times in Zurich, you know. Yeah. First you get that culture shock, you know, when the traffic light stops and then the worst vehicle you're seeing there is a Range Rover and you're like, whoa, mm. huge bastards. Wow. <laughs> and the worst yeah, vehicle is a Range Rover. Yes. Like, that's like, eh, okay, so... Mm. <laughs> So you, you just fast, you're like, oh, have I been living or wait, wait a minute. So you, you go through all these excitements and then you go to the departments and then you're like, uh, as much as I like the place, mm. I don't think the, the vibe feels good. Like the atmosphere? So yeah, like, you know, when you're talking even to other scientists there, you know, the, the, the Africans there, because normally we talk with somebody who looks like you. Yeah, the, the person you're gonna ask, how is it being here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those they relate to to you more. Yeah, mm. yeah. So and we, we, I think in the in hindsight, we already knew that even because we, we we had this thing we did uh, with. Uh, Margaret, my partner, and we were like, um, just without telling me, just write it somewhere. Should we come here or should we not? And we both had the same answer, like, no. So you, 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 you kind of, you, you're saying no to an opportunity, but you also don't know if you're getting another opportunity on the other side. You're just kind of taking a leap of faith. Mm. And I guess that's when uh, I, I went to Kenya to interview. I can't say what the institution was, but uh, I got one of the most shitty uh, <laughs> receptions that you could mm. get as a scientist. With, uh, I mean, I, the, the, the scientist that invited me was the most gracious person you would want. And I think he's probably we've kept that relationship up to this time but I would say that the rest of the interviewing team kind of didn't show up and people are just writing there like yeah we can do this next week and mind you you've just paid your own ticket you know <laughs> and you're this excited to be home you know so I interviewed and 
I, I had interviewed in two other places. I interviewed with uh, Imperial College London and with the GSK for a job based in uh, Amsterdam, so the Netherlands Cancer Institute. So I, in, in principle, I had two of them. I had both of these jobs. So that's after being in Nairobi, and then I left Nairobi the same week. Mm. I went back because I still had my residence in the Netherlands and all that. So I get to to the Netherlands, and then now I am getting a Skype uh, request again for this guys in Kenya. And like, yeah, now we, we, can we talk then? You know. But then, at least I made myself clear when I left. I just told them that the moment I take that flight back, I just don't bother. It. It's okay. It's it's all right. I told them it's it's okay. It's it's not the end of the world. It's it's okay. I, I was expecting better better reception, and even if I didn't get the job, I would go knowing that it wasn't meant to be. But uh, if you're already making it impossible for me to even have a conversation, what kind of working environment am I looking at? Mm. So, which is the fact that I think when I text you earlier, I said the integration back home, and this is mm. something that we can talk after we talk about the highs. So I go and then now I have two, two, two positions, Imperial College London and uh, GSK. And then my partner already, we, we were together at that time in the Netherlands, and then she has this opportunity which she got when I was in Nairobi, and she's supposed to leave the Netherlands for Australia to start her PhD. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got an opportunity in the UK. I have an opportunity in the UK and mm-hmm. in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. So the UK one, they're also having issues with the home office. They're getting their quota of the visas increased, I think. Mm-hmm. And so with, when she got this opportunity, I was like, yeah, uh, now it's clear. I can't go to the UK for one year and then mm-hmm. leave, you know. At least I knew that I needed to set my foundation before leaving for Australia. But uh, I, I, I had a clear mind like i just told these guys for from the gsk that uh, i can only be able to work uh, for one year and if that's a problem just you can get your other candidates to wow. take the, the to take the job but then i think they were good people they just told me yeah you can you can work for that one year and then i think it was also unlucky for them because the other candidate also said she cannot start until she defends uh, her thesis. Mm. Well, I don't know, defend or submit. That was one of those. Mm. So then they said, okay, so that makes it easier. You start, and then when this one joins in, you can tell her what you've been doing, and then you, you have a better transition. Mm. And so that was a high point that we, we had all these, uh, you know, all these things that seemed to be going wrong, but going okay at the same time mm. and I was very excited to kind of be working albeit uh, indirectly with one of the biggest uh, pharmaceutical giants GSK mm. and so that was quite a high point in my career and I think it was uh, a defining moment I mean there was uh, a moment before then when I 
got uh, my very first grant to just go and work at, uh, at the Sanga Institute in Cambridge, which is the epicenter, like the, the whereby informatics happens. You know. When was that? Uh, during my PhD. So the final year of my PhD, I actually spent it in the UK. Yeah. So, um, so you did for you did work for one year, then went to Australia. So to I worked for one year. So I I was clear that I worked for one year, and then joined my partner in the land down under, and mm. see what opportunities await. Mm. So that brings me to the third high point. So the, when I was almost. Uh, about to just complete this uh, uh, one-year contract and one of my former uh, college mates at Wageningen, so in the Netherlands, was already in Australia and she just sent me this uh, note. I mean, she had already met with my, with my, my wife and they, they, they knew that I was coming, but then I was coming without knowing if there would be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I was going to come and uh, my partner's visa, you know, it's a blanket exit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she sends me this uh, this note and she's like, uh, yeah, I saw that there's this group here that needs a, a buyer in, in informatics, uh, uh, a bioinformatician, and you, you can chat with them. And then I went straight to my computer and then I just wrote an email and then I come so and so, I do this and that and uh, in case you're interested, there is my CV. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Compact straight to the point um, mm. and I sent it. And to my surprise, you know, I, I almost never interviewed for that uh, the, the next position because mm. the, the PI... Uh, reached out he, mm. he replied to that email mm. and he just said oh yeah we can have a, a zoom or no, a skype uh, skype chat uh, on wednesday or thursday you know and then we we had that meeting and when during that meeting he brought along one of their uh, bioinformaticians at the time and the guy was not a trained bioinformatician but he was the one that was handling their bioinformatics uh, stuff so in a sense I think they were interviewing me without interviewing me because they just asked uh, what is it that I can do and the, where I am and when I expect to, to go and so and we finished that call and is, uh, so I asked them so uh, is there a way I can make a formal application because I don't see a link yeah. here so, and they said uh, don't worry we will pass this up to the director mm-hmm. wow interesting <laughs> and, uh-huh. and that's how I ended up at the South Australia <laughs> at, at where? sorry? South Australia Health Okay. It's South uh, Australia Health and Medical Research so Summary. Okay, someone might be asking, why did you choose to do our, like, to do one year of 
a very big opportunity or rather a very big position um, in a very big company. I think um, I chose love. Mm. <laughs> that's that's the simplest point. I mean, we, we were newlyweds and, you know, something had to give. And in, in this case, we were clear that uh, wherever she found an opportunity, that's where we were going next because she had supported me and stayed with me to finish my, my PhD. So 